just like a white winged dove. Sing this song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just like the white winged dove. Sing this song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh. Said ooh. And the days go by like a strand in the wind, in a web that is my own, I begin again. Said to my friend, baby, everything has stopped. Nothing else mattered. He was no more than a baby then. Well, he seemed brokenhearted, something within him. But the moment that I first laid eyes on him all alone, on the edge of seven thirteen, just like the white-winged dove sings the song, sounds like she's singing. I said, ooh, baby, ooh said ooh just like the white wink sing the song sounds like she's singing i said ooh baby ooh said ooh oh well i went today maybe i will go again yeah yeah well the music here well it was hauntingly familiar well i see you doing what i try to do for me with the words from a poet and a voice from a choir and a melody and nothing else mattered just like the blub blub one winged dove sings the song sounds like she's singing i said ooh baby ooh said ooh just like the white winged dove Sounds a song, sounds like she's singing. I said, Booh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh. The clouds never expect it when it rains. But the sea changes colors, but the sea does not change. So with the slow, graceful flow of age, I went forth with an age old desire to please on the edge of the 17. <clears throat> Just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. I said, ooh, baby, ooh, said, ooh. Just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. I said, ooh, baby, ooh, said, ooh. Well, suddenly there was no one left standing in the hall. Yeah, yeah, in the flood of tears that no one really ever heard at all. Well, I went searching for an answer up the stairs and down the hall and did not find an answer just to hear the call of a night bird singing, come away, come away, come away. Just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing, ooh, baby, ooh, said ooh. Just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing, I said ooh, said ooh, baby, ooh. Well, I hear you in the morning and I hear you at the nightfall, and sometimes to be near you, to be unable to feel you. My love, I'm a few years older than you. I'm a few years older than you, my love. Just like the white winged dove, Sing the song, sounds like she's plop plop singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, said ooh. Just like the white winged dove. Sing the song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, said ooh. Oh, that's a big one. Christ, I'm a stick. Oh. Oh. I guess it took it.
Interesting.
what's happening there? Don't need it on the speaker, do I? Hello? Hello, there was Stevie Nicks featuring Cheryl's Hole. People say, oh, I wish Cheryl could be on the show again. Well, there you go. You have her shitting with Stevie Nicks's. And I hope you uh, enjoyed that. You've got Madge here. Madge on the radio. Oh, what the hell is that? I didn't mean to play. I didn't mean to go back. Oh, God. Hold on. I got to play my theme song. Hold on. Maha. To drive down the street and all of a sudden become Francine, that's crazy. me levels but i got a thing in my vagina waiting to come out <laughs> yeah i do i don't know why i said that what the problem is i just okay i'm really feeling it's hard sometimes to be to be let me switch glasses you can't see but i need to see you know i, I have to be honest with my audience am i recording let me make sure i know i'm recording on the streams I'm not recording on the other thing. Ow! Goddamn glasses hurt. Where am I? Uh, yeah, I'm recording. I sure am. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of that sound people make, I uh, was at the um, having Taco Tuesday last night, and these goddamn loud lesbians were next to me. And it was like this woman had this like freaky almost like a Kermit the Frog. She was like, this. like I'm a lesbian, I'm really loud, and I'm gonna, t-. and she was talking about her, her, um, what's that disease? Shingles. Oh, I had shingles, and my neurologist, and my thus and so. I have a recording of it, but it's not gonna be easy for you to hear, because there were a lot of other people talking in the restaurant. Let me try it. Let me try if I can do it from my iPhone. My voice, uh, what is it called? Voice memos, right? My voice memos. Let's try that. Let's see. I think it was, oh no, that's from today, yesterday. Let's try. I think this is it. Let's see. Can you hear it? Why is it coming out of the speaker? It's, I have, oh, I had the, I did that before. I plugged in the wrong holder to the holder. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't get that from me. You hear that, Lowe's? That year, she was like, I'm not scared to fix something. Whatever, you can, I mean, Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear lesbian wearing really tight pants was next to me. Anyway, enough of that. I have a new guest today. I don't know, maybe she's been here because I have uh, her on my, um, my phone book. I didn't know I did. Uh, her name is, well, let's see if she answers. I told her to program the phone. Hello? Daphnates? 
Madge. Hi. You know, I had you in my phone book. Have we spoken before? Uh, I yeah, definitely at some point over the years. We did. Um, yeah. I remember when? Uh, oh, Thursday Lane. I was calling Thursday Lane back in the day. I never. <laughs> yeah. Did you call? You called Thursday Lane. Yeah, several times. Yeah, it's you played him on the show even way back. I don't remember. What did we? What did you say to him? Oh, I got him to jack off, and uh, when he came, he said donations. And this was on my that, show? It was, yeah, it was on your show. I don't even and remember I remember that. posting it on the uh, Golden Circle back mm. in the day, and uh, mm. everybody died laughing about that, how he had said donations for you. Be back before they canceled me. That's true. I don't remember any of that. I, was that before he was on Howard Stern? Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Probably way before, before of course, because we yeah dispensed with them after that. Yeah, there was a time when we had a, a Howard Stern spy listening, I'm pretty sure. But anyway. I remember you talking something yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, um, you know, that's fine, because, you know, that show's better than this, obviously. Um, <laughs> so what's new Daphne's since oh, we last spoke? Same old shit, just another day. Yeah. Made jam today because I couldn't find the uh, Brumbleberry Crunch or Crisp, whatever it's called. The Brumbleberry Crisp from Jenny's, which is oh, so delicious. Well, here's I went everywhere. Yeah. I couldn't find it in town. You, They don't have Jenny's yeah. or they don't have Brumbleberry Crisp? No, Jenny's. None, none at all. How can that be? Did you Google the website and ask them? I did, and it said I live too far in the boonies. Oh, that sucks. See, here they have the parlors. With they have the oh, really? yeah they have Jenny's ice cream parlors and then they also have it in the stores. Several of the stores have it, and in fact the Circle K. Do you have Circle K over there? Yeah, I looked on the uh, site where you can like put huh. your zip code and everything, and nothing came up. It's like oh, the closest one to you is like forty-eight miles away. It's worth driving the Circle K. <laughs> well, what happened to me today is I you know. My wife left, left the house, as she does from my grum time, and, which means it's snack time because, you know, she's a fascist with food. And, um, you know, sugar's the antichrist, all that sort of thing. You're all going to die, blah, blah, blah. So I well, thought, the ice cream will give you cancer. Oh, yeah, sure. Everything, yeah. <laughs> the sugar and the ice cream, plus mucus. And so um, the thing is, I, I wanted to, I thought, well, I'm not going to get ice cream because I already had some last week. Uh, this week, I'm lying. I'm always afraid she might accidentally listen to this show, in which case I'm in the doghouse. Um, but um, so I thought, well, I've already had uh, Brambleberry Crunch this week. Don't tell. Shush. I'm not going to do that. So I, I thought, but I need a snack. I'm feeling feisty. So I thought, well... And I have to make the salmon after the show. I have got three pounds of salmon I got to cook. But I, I, so that's for dinner, which, you know, I wanted to eat something and I had my mind, okay, I'll get my jelly bellies because they're delicious and it's only like 300 calories. It's not like a full on 1,000 calorie ice cream blowout. So I went to the Walgreens and wouldn't you know it, just now, this is just before the show, they were out of it. They were out of the, oh, my no. jelly bellies. I know, and I looked. And I looked, and they had, like, and I can't buy anything without eating at all. And they had, like, I thought, well, I could get Twizzlers. But that was 700 calories because, you know, I have to eat it all. Black licorice, 700 calories. 
So what do I do? I said, well, if I'm going to eat 700 calories, I might as well, you know, have ice cream. So I went to the ice cream section and I got, I didn't get the uh, the Brambleberry. I didn't, this was Walgreens. They don't have Jenny's. And I got an ice cream that I've been looking at, eyeing for, for a while now. And it's black and white cookie ice cream from Haagen-Dazs. So oh, I just ate half. Thank you. Yeah, I just ate half a pint of that. And it was delicious. And I put it back in the freezer. Somehow, by some miracle, I had the willpower to not eat all of it. Mostly because I hate eating on the show. You know, because it's disgusting when when I do that. Oh, I should get some Cheez-Its. We can uh, not, relive Cheez-Its. Let's not do that. Chewing those during the show. Let's not. If you want me to just die. If you want to kill me, that's a good way. <laughs> she died well, of, speaking of wanting yeah. to kill myself, mm-hmm. I was listening to that episode with Reagan and Leslie Potter that you had. Uh huh. Um, you wanted to kill yourself. To segue into that, mm-hmm. when Reagan was talking about it, he criticized you for punching down at Lizzo. Yes, for boiling Lizzo down to just being an obese, a talentless, uh, obese yeah woman. I did, and he my, criticized yeah. you for doing that. Right. But as somebody who is more talented and established and has authority in the realm of music, oh, I will tell you that Lizzo is talentless okay. and is a shitty artist. Why do you say, how do you, like, what, what can you, how, how so? How so? Can you elaborate? I mean, obviously she has the talent to just hit that pop music. Yeah. But when it comes to anything more advanced, more technical, objectively more technical than just, you know, beatboxing on a flute, mm-hmm. she lacks that entirely. Beat? And this is where, you know, somebody will say, oh, well, she was in marching band in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You know, how many people were band geeks in high school that, you know, don't know their ass from their elbow? <laughs> yeah. But she's not a good flautist? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't know how to tell. She's good enough to be a pop musician. Well, that doesn't But she couldn't that. stand, you know, even in a community uh-huh. band or something. But what does that have to do with what Reagan was saying? I, I honestly don't remember. But he was criticizing me of saying that she's fat and hating her because she's fat or something. Which, I mean, is, what is that doesn't have anything to do with her talents as an artist, though, does it? I mean... Oh, there was some yeah. bit of that that oh. got mixed up in there. I don't remember. Because um, whatever the show was that you had gone to see... Was, oh, the uh, horrible show. Yeah, I don't want to say exactly. what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the... I do want to talk about that in general, the idea of what's happened to the arts. But what what can you say, because I don't want to divulge too much about your identity and who you are. I don't mean identity like pronouns and, you know, what you like <laughs> to eat out and don't eat out. I mean, your identity in terms of, like, your personal Oh, identity. yeah, yeah. So I don't well, know what I, um, share. I educate at a collegiate level, mm-hmm. and I play symphonic music mm-hmm. uh, in the more northeastern part of the U.S. And what can you be more specific as to the symphonic music you play? Oh, yeah. So I play um, you know, mm-hmm. just really anything symphonic. I play bassoon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on a given season, it can range anywhere from something like, you know, just musical theater like Sweeney Todd or Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. And then it can go anywhere to, you know, Salome or you know, a Bruckner symphony or something, anywhere I, in between. I love salami. 
I like it when I you hang it, hang it up to dry. The Genoa salami. It's yeah. my favorite. I used to work in a deli, in Fox's Deli, and we used to sell salami grams. My boss thought it was the greatest idea. He's like, if you got a kid going to college, send him a salami gram. And nobody did. But it was I thought it was a good idea. But you, you, you dry them. But no, seriously, I do love salami. I've seen it a few times. I saw it with Deborah Voigt. When she debuted her new body after her gastric bypass, she had just gotten <laughs> kid, kicked out of like Covent Garden for being too fat. Do you remember this? It was kind of a scandal. Uh, yes, of course. So then she she lost the weight, and then her big sort of coming out was Salome um, here at the Lyric. At least that's how I remember it. And she was okay, but I think I really enjoyed it more when it was Ka- Catherine Malfitano doing it, probably in the nineties. But it's funny. Yeah. So with the Lyric Opera. Yeah. I could have gone there for my uh, graduate program, mm-hmm. University of Chicago Music Performance. And as part of the uh, graduate program, the yeah. uh, opportunity to be the second bassoon player wow. in the lyric opera was... Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and I chose something yeah. entirely different, or a different school anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's impressive. So I wanted... Speaking of lyrics, so this might be a good place to start our bitchy discussion about the state of theater and the performing arts with respect to, you know, I don't know what you call it. I hate to use the word woke because it, there's such dumb connotations with it. And, well, I and, agree, but I think it's yeah. important to be able to use the word and okay. accurately define it. And, you know, I simply would say mm-hmm. that, you know, woke is insistence and inclusion of you know, modern leftist social media backed kind of politics, you know, stuff that makes you look good mm-hmm. online and putting that's that a, into places where it really has no business. But that's, I think it's okay to be able to say that something is woke given that definition. But if that is, de- I don't know if that's the definition that I think there's several definitions and that's part of the problem. Oh, yeah, I know Tucker Carlson will tell you that you know, woke is something entirely different. Because the original definition, I thought it comes from the uh, the black community where it's something like, you know, it means that you're aware of, you know, sort of things related to black history and slavery and, you know, you're aware of people suffering and, and it has something to do with reparations, but I, I don't really know. But it doesn't really matter. But that's why I don't like using the word because I don't really know what it means. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say. But I do know what to describe, which is... So I went to see um, Carmen. I can't remember the lady's name who played Carmen. But it was, wasn't was that great. Of course, the orchestra was phenomenal. And the, at the Lyric, whenever you go to see a show, you know, uh, sometimes... The orchestra saves the day, and this was one of them. You know, the orchestra was perfect. Oh, of course. But the course, show it's everywhere. But the 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 so Carmen was played by the, an African American woman whose name I forget. They call her the they the New York Times referred to her as the Beyonce of opera, and somehow I think she might have taken that as a compliment, <laughs> which is deeply funny. <laughs> but <clears throat> I remember you posted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but but so I yeah we were like in the first balcony i couldn't really see her so they were doing a lecture they do that sometimes so they had a lecture afterwards um and and i mainly wanted just to see up close what she looks like and nobody ever goes to the lectures you know after the performance so i we're in the lecture it's like you know you can see them it's third row so the idea so they had this uh professor of something or other from northwestern uh interviewing her and then some woman who played carmen 
30, 40 years ago, both African-American women, they were talking about like how it changed or some shit. But the thing is like that part of the discussion wasn't, wasn't very interesting. What was interesting is though, when they asked Carmen, like, uh, and the, the problem was she wasn't sexy. First of all, both before we I tell you what she said, she wasn't sexy. There was no sex appeal to her. She wore like very, you know, un, not revealing clothes. And there was nothing, there was just no sensuality about her performance. I mean, she sang okay, but it wasn't like sexy Carmen who was, you know, Carmen is basically, you know, a, you know, a, she's, a, she's a slut and she's, course, she is, she likes to fuck. And she is tries to make men horny and want to sleep with her. And you don't do that by wearing, you know, non-revealing clothes and not being sexy. So when, you know, they said, well, how did you feel during this performance? Because it was a woman director. She said, well, this is the first time I've been directed by a woman and I felt very safe. And she said, well, they never gave me direction. She never told me how to act sexy. She said, she said, just be yourself. So in other words, what I, she didn't tell her how to be sexy. So she wasn't sexy. So she wasn't. Well, she didn't sexy. really tell her to do anything. Right. So she just went up there and yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> and they have an intimacy coach. They have a, um, a a violence coach, you know, or whatever they call it when they do, yeah, violence. But yeah, I guess they don't have an acting coach. Exactly. And you know what's hysterical is yeah. there wasn't, and I guarantee it, mm -hmm. there wasn't much musical direction on the back end for the mm -hmm. singers. Of course, there was definitely. Mm -hmm. a good deal of it, but not as much as there should be a professional for a professional show. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, which gets into just the degradation of the art is yeah. that the people that are being pumped out each year are complete hacks. Uh -huh. I mean, speaking from that environment, we are, and by we, I mean, collectively mm -hmm. the establishment of performing arts at this you know college level are pumping out a couple thousand kids each year who, if you told them to listen to a Beethoven symphony, they might be able to, you know, hum you the dun, 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 the beginning of the fifth. Mm -hmm. They might be able to hum you the chorus from his ninth, but that's it. That's their entire knowledge of Beethoven. Why? They've never heard a Schubert sonata. They've never heard a Bruckner symphony. They've never heard a Mozart quartet. <laughs> Why not? They just, because they're not going to school for that. They're going to school largely to pay into the coffers of whatever institution that they're choosing. But what are they, what are they majoring in? I don't understand. I mean, if they're, oh, not... these are people who are majoring in complete music performance. So then how can you major? Okay. So they're, I don't understand it. You know, regardless of the reasons for doing it, why are they, they're paying a lot of money for an education. Why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they getting well, the Beethoven, the Mozart, or you're saying they didn't come in knowing it. They, and then you have to well, teach not them. Not only they're not coming in not knowing it, mm -hmm. they're leaving not knowing it. Why? During isn't that your job as a teacher? They aren't. They're not uh, internalizing it. Mm. They they just simply aren't. And the amount of people that come in for yeah. graduate level stuff. This is not undergrad, but graduate level. Yeah. And have absolutely no concept of anything besides the most mainstream of clip that you'd heard on PBS. Yeah of classical music, you know, in quotes, classical music. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. But isn't that your failure as a teacher? Cause you're the one that's supposed to be teaching it, right? Oh yeah, of course. It's pathetic. It's the whole, <laughs> so you're, you're telling on your, your, your contemporaries basically. 
Of course. And why? Why is? And this that is because... not a. This is not like a you know, a undiscussed thing. This mm-hmm. is everybody in it knows it, and for the most part. So how long has this been going on? You know, of just kind of turning a blind eye. Mm -hmm. But how long has this been going on? And why? Probably since the, well, probably since post, you know, 2000. And mostly because of the idea of college being something that is mandatory. You know, Mm -hmm. every student has to go to college as soon as they graduate. Yeah. It's just something that has to happen. So when you're putting that many kids into a system, the quality of it just dips and dips and dips. There's no barrier of entry. So it's a, it's the students and the teachers, or what? It's largely the students and the institutions, mm-hmm. not necessarily the teachers themselves. It's mm-hmm. the institutions saying, okay, well, we have to admit a certain amount of people. So are you saying that... And those people go yeah. on to work, you know, at the Lyric or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, even the you know, Boston Philharmonic has people that come through it that really shouldn't belong there. They don't stay there for very long, but. So that really has nothing to do with the whole woke thing. This is a totally different. Oh, no, exactly. This is, well, the issue where, Mm -hmm. where the kind of, you know, quote, quote, woke Mm -hmm. part of it comes in is that because these people have no appreciation for objective beauty. Yeah. What ends up being replaced by that is this kind of just, you know, sensitivity training for Carmen. Yeah. What do you mean by objective beauty? That they don't appreciate that. So explain more about that. I mean, when I when I talk about objective beauty in art, mm-hmm. it's things that are you know time honored, respectable, aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are just universal. You know, for instance, with music, something can be universally appealing, yeah. universally. That, you, that people would want to listen to. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. I mean, Haydn, Mozart, whoever, you know, there's a reason why, you know, to just use Beethoven five as an example, mm-hmm. it's lasted you know, all these years because it has objective beauty to it. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, that something like, you know, Stockhausen doesn't, mm-hmm. that does as well. But then this can tie into Lizzo something like Lippo's music is not objectively speaking, something that's aesthetically pleasing and does a service for the world. (laughs) So are you saying that Lizzo's music becomes popular because of the sort of social pressure and the sort of social trickery that goes on around Lizzo? And, you know, because she's... Of course, and it's that same social trickery that leads into productions like Carmen. Mm -hmm. To use your example, exactly. All of those kinds of things are indeed connected. I saw um, a wonderful play, uh, an, a um, the the Cherry Orchard um, by what's his face, the Russian guy. I'm like, you know, but it was an excellent <laughs> show because they just casted the traditional way. You know, they didn't they didn't cast it for identity. They just cast it for good acting, and it was fantastic at the Goodman. Um, and then there's like I there's this about face theater, which is you know a, a sort of a youth theater it's traditionally like gay and they always did cute stuff in the past so now i just want to read you what the the advertisement for it is called gender play you're invited to shakespeare's coming out party gender play or what you will co-created by will oh so and so 
And then the weird thing is, oh, it says, let me read the description. Join transactor Will, I guess as in William Shakespeare, and the spirit of the oldest and queerest playwright they can imagine, William Shakespeare, as they reclaim the bard's plays in all their original homoerotic, cross-dressing, gender-fluid glory. Gender play or what you will promises a mystical evening of queer joy, laughter, tarot, and more than self, more than a little self-discovery. I'm willing to bet that these people are not well versed in Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Like, of course. So how course, are they yeah, going to word of him? Yeah, but that isn't to say. I mean, like you know, Shakespeare is most definitely a gay man, or at mm-hmm. least very bi- bisexual, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go from that, which is, you know, largely accepted as true, mm-hmm. to all of a sudden try to fit him into modern day leftist identity politics. Yeah. It, it, who is it for? <laughs> you know? It's for the critics who won't, who will give it rave reviews because they always do when they have this kind of content description. I mean, everything, and that was really my issue, is that everything that I've seen, which is, and there's a lot of this type of stuff playing in Chicago right now, I don't know if it is where you are too, these like you know these box checking shows where they check they check all the boxes right and the shows i've seen like especially that one i talked about with reagan was profoundly bad just terrible i mean it looked like there's a there's a, a store called beatniks which is like a cheap kind of uh kind of like a drag store right they sell like really cheap feather boas and it's just a place where you can you know go put a halloween costume together or look like a drag queen for like 20 bucks and it looks like beatniks just threw up on the stage i mean it was just so poorly crafted terrible just awful and awful looking like you're not allowed to show anybody attractive and it was just so bad but the reviews were phenomenally good it's like the emperor's well, new clothes <laughs> I, I just i don't know I, it's like i've said before i just feel like i'm I feel like I'm lost. Oh, no, and that's that's what I was saying earlier mm-hmm. is that the reason for the such low production quality mm-hmm. is because the institutions that are cranking out those people are cranking out low quality people. Yeah. So of course, you know, as time goes on, you're just going to keep getting these awful productions. And not only are they quote, you know, woke, but they're also just extremely low quality. I mean, everything from the costume design, the set design, but they're also the not talent on the stage. You know, and and I think aspect of it. the problem is, and again, I'm not sure which, which of this is, Chicago, is re, you know, here, just Chicago. But what I've noticed is there's not a critical atmosphere like there used to be. Like you need criticism to be better. But the problem is when you have a show that checks the boxes, you don't get any, cri- cri- you don't get any criticism because criticism will be perceived as, you know, being exactly how can you criticize that? right it would be con- you'll be transphobic up if you criticize something like that yeah you're transphobic or you're against something anti-something or whatever instead you know it's just yeah so that it's so bad. that gets reinforced and what was that show that there was some show oh they did a mark twain i can't find it but david serta who is a playwright he uh posted on facebook there was a a Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn, they did a stage show of it. And they said that it was it's such a terrible idea to do Huckleberry Finn. Like, how could they, how could they possibly, you know, um, uh, stage this, you know, incredibly like, I don't know what the word is, you know, racist, racist play or something. And, and then, but they gave it like, you know, they recommended it. 
And they were like, well, why did you, somebody was like, why did you recommend it? And they said, well, because technically it was a good show. <laughs> so every, so the show was good. The acting was good. <laughs> the writing was good. The direction was good, but it was just in the wrong you can't time. Say you like it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so he terrible. actually, David actually removed the post. It was so controversial to even mention it. it was oh just, my gosh. It's, I don't know. What yeah. To it's, it's hysterical. We're actually yeah. reaching a point where. You know, staging Porgy and Bess, you would need yeah. to have an all-white cast because to have black people star in Porgy and Bess would somehow be racist. Oh. You know, even though it's literally <laughs> about, you know, it's not a sad story necessarily. There's sad, there's sadness in it, but it's yeah. supposed to be a uplifting tale at the very least. I don't know it. Why is it about black people or white people? What's it about? It's about uh, you know that bit of time right at the end of slavery mm -hmm. reconstruction and exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and the relationship of a, uh, formerly enslaved person mm -hmm. and, and his wife. And oh. it was written, I think it's Sondheim. Let me double check that. But, um, Porgy and fantastic, fantastic opera. And, yeah, George Gershwin. Sorry, not Steinheim. Gershwin. I can't stand and Steinheim. One of the things that is always brought up that's you know controversial about it was that he wrote the you know the libretto in you know African American vernacular. Mm -hmm. So they'll say like you know you is my woman, right? You know, and it wasn't meant to be a put down. That's just you know he wanted to draw attention to mm -hmm. how these people speak and write an opera that would sound like how these people would have sounded. But you know, why it's, do you, not, it's not right to say it. You know, that's just how it was. So why do you say that it has to be that you'd have to cast it with white actors in order for it not to oh, be because racist? Because in order to, if you staged a show of like, you know, Porgy and Bess, yeah. you know, accurately in today's climate, that would be considered like, you know, you know, the most offensive thing in the world. If black people played them, even though the characters course, are black. Yeah. Why? But yeah. it, but you can't have white people play them either because then it's racist, right? Because then it's mis well, it, that mass casting. Either thing. way, they would be considering it racist. But I think it would probably be more well received if it was a white cast in today's day and age. So they don't even show That's that some anymore. Some form of apology. Do they do they not show it anymore? Or it gets shown. It does get shown. It's it's popular. So there's this other thing in the art world. I'm trying to look it up. There's a, this is just bizarre, right? So there's an exhibit and it's, it's so weird. It sounds like a joke, right? But it's not. So, you know, uh, that horrible Hannah Gadsby, she just has the biggest ass. And whenever I've seen her perform, she's supposedly a comedian, but she's not funny. She's just bitchy, right? Like some people I know. And, so Hannah Gadsby, with her gigantic thighs, she she's like, she hates Picasso, right? Um, so she said about Picasso. Picasso said, "You you can have all the you can have all the perspective at once. What a hero! But tell me, are any of those perspectives a woman's? Well, then I'm not interested, Hannah Gadsby. Well, guess who is <laughs> is curating the big exhibit of Picasso? at the Brooklyn Museum, Hannah Gadsby. And, of course. and guess who's, guess who is, um, guess who is curating it with her? Just guess, Catherine Morris, Sackler Senior Curator. 
Elizabeth Sackler Center for Feminist Art. Well, that sounds familiar. That sounds problematic, too. Aren't they the ones that got America addicted to to Oxycontin? But so they no, no, no. Why would they ever do something like that? (laughs) Or is that ironic, too? Is that they're just doing it to be ironic? So maybe that's part of the exhibit. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like John Waters, you know, (laughs) so they want to like show Picasso. They want to cancel him, but also not cancel him at the same time. So this is the answer. I mean, it's just it's just bizarre. Like, really? I mean, if you're going to curate a show about Picasso, I don't get it. Do you have any comments? Oh, it's the same. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's confusing. Do you remember back? When was this? Like 2017 or something, or 2018, when mm-hmm. um, there was a big trend to take down all the Baltus paintings? Mm-mm. Because how dare you know he paint the the most the uh, controversial one was mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like the ballerina or the ballet dance wherever the English translation is, but it was of a younger woman. Oh my god! As a ballerina doing a pose, and that was you know considered too promiscuous. I'm sorry. Did you say Degas? Is that who you're talking about? Degas. All of Europe. <laughs> you talking about Degas? No, it was, it was Balthus. Oh. Okay. Balthus. I didn't hear about that. Was it Balthus? What was his name? Maybe it was the guy. Because one of Balthus or Bacchus or something like that. I okay. forget. I don't know. But it was some major controversy. And they took down this uh, this painting of the ballerina from the Louvre and everything. Good Lord. That's amazing. But, so what do you do? I mean, it's the, so hmm. just to get back to the um, the art thing. Sure. Music. It's not just Chicago, but I do find that it's more centered in larger cities. And, you know, New York is awful. Mm, is it? <laughs> yeah, New York is It's the same problems that you're having in the Chicago area. Really? Yeah. So do you see any way? At least here in yeah. uh, New England, you know, <laughs> the biggest problem here is not that. It's just getting attendance for anything. Yeah. That's the biggest problem that we face up here. Attendance. Yeah, we're, we we're to the point where because um, of COVID, even just Christmas shows aren't even getting people. Oh, so we've gotten the people back. It's just the shows aren't really back yet. I mean, like you have to go like the the big theaters, like the 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 Goodman seems to be back. Like they're doing well. The 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 Cherry Orchard was really good, but then they're doing another show like the, the Tommy the Who, which seems kind of like you know what. Tommy, I, I don't know. It sounds like one of those things where they're just trying to, you know, get mainstream audience by p- presenting something everybody's heard of or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's Chekhov. That's who did the Cherry Orchard. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. So, what do you see? What as a as a teacher, do you just give it, give in, or do you see a way out? Are you trying to change this somehow, or what do you think? What do you What do you see as the way oh. out of this? So personally, in my career, I've tried to stay clear of that type of scene uh-huh. and have moved largely towards smaller venues. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really think that the um, future in general for performing is, is not on these major stages, hmm. but in smaller venues. What do you consider small? Things like the um, Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, mm-hmm. you know, something that only fits you know, maybe at most. You know, 200 people. Okay. If you yeah. squish them in there. Yeah. Hmm. You know, is it because of the money? Because how you have to get the money or, I mean, what is it? 
it's all, you know, because the money is one way to put it. It's less people to please on a smaller scale. Hmm. It seems like there's it's a also, lot of, you know, yeah. at smaller scale, it's kind of out of the eye of the zeitgeist. It's strange. Cause like, I'm not, I like, I'm finally at a position in life where I felt like I could get a subscription to the lyric, but now that I finally could do that, I don't want to because there's just not enough good, good shows. Like there's so many shows where it's just cast for social political reasons. Like they, I think the one they had this, they had one this year. There were a couple like shows about race and social issues, modern. They were clearly pandering. And one of, I, I didn't see one, which was like a, a three opera thing, but the one I did see is called the factotum. And it was the guy, I'm terrible with names, Wilkes or something like that. Who was? Did you did you hear about that opera or did you see it? Um, uh, Fire no, deepened by bones that, or something like that. I think I told you about it, but like, so he did. We saw the premiere of of this show that he directed called The Factotum, which is basically the barber of Seville, but in a black barber shop. And I thought, well, that sounds like a cool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sounds like a really cool concept. Except like, and the first act was fantastic, you know, great singing and, you know, they had all the people together in the barbershop. It was really cool. It was like, you know, one of those Queen Latifah movies or something. It was just really well done. But then in the second act, they just did the whole, they were just trying to send a message about police violence, but it was like the wrong, it was done in a completely pandering way. So they show like the second act focuses on this woman, you know, this girl getting, um, you know, beat by cops, but the lesson is that you, sh- that it was her alcoholic father putting her in a position that she was blamed by the cops instead of actually blaming the cops for being violent, you know, because they don't want to you know, have that. Oh, message so you, don't wanna, you know, you don't want to set up on the wrong yeah. foot by saying, Oh, you know, the cops might be right. So they're, <laughs> so they create a show that's, you know, that's a, that ha- checks all the boxes of, okay, it's about race. Okay, it's about social issues. It's about police violence. Except that's all it does is check the boxes. And then, but the, the execution is horrible. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't offer horrible. any actual insight or commentary. It just exists to check boxes. And then he won a Grammy Award during the lecture afterwards. Like he, it was the same day as the Grammys. So I was like, well, good for you. The Grammy was for the other show for the, um, the uh, fire deep in my bones, which is, I guess, about child abuse. So that's a fun opera, too. I don't know, but I'm a well, huge Wagner so fan. Awful about it is that these people that you know do these types of productions yeah. that work in these types of productions as well, yeah. they get rewarded for it. You know, these they get <laughs> you know they're rewarded the best by the critics. Yeah, they're rewarded the best by audience. Yeah, you know, to, to compare, you know, two loosely related apples and orange. Yeah. It's the same type of thing with like, you know, uh, just mainstream movies in general. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, just in a Marvel movie, yeah. the attendance that some crap like that gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to something, you know, good, like a skin of a rink. Right. A free advertisement for him. For Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Our friend. And his fantastic movie. But he's done well with that movie. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. I only mean to say, you know, yeah. something that is kind of more deservant of fame and of uh, praise, mm. which of course he, he is with Skinnamarink. Yeah. Um, he's not getting anywhere near the amount of praise and attention that, you know, some Hollywood crap is. Of course. Yeah. But it's also but his it's first movie. And, music I, and everything like yeah. that. Well, I have every hope that he will, you know, get tremendous offers from Hollywood and bring his, his unique, uh, 
you know, filmmaking ability to mainstream in a way that isn't too compromising. I mean, of course, he'll have to compromise in some way, but he can also, you know, perfect his vision and show it, and you know, and well, evolve the the craft, which I think is what he's already done. So. I don't know. It's so I don't know why I feel like we're kind of having a hopeless conversation because I don't know where to where to go with. Well, it that's really I think the only hope. Um, yeah, people is like with Kyle. something. You know, mm. the same thing with uh, Kyle. You know, going into that kind of you know bigger sphere of you yeah. know, mainstream production. It's the same thing with um, with all forms of music, be it symphonic or chamber music or opera. Yeah, it's having those breakthroughs where you know a good staging or a good, you know, a good piece of music is played that breaks through and gets that success for things that aren't yeah. social political reasons. Yeah. I think like, I don't it's know. It's hard to yeah. get that, you know, especially when you have things like these God awful Wagner ring cycles that get staged all the time that, <laughs> that do nothing for the art form. Like the one in, in Bayreuth. I love, I love Wagner though. You know that. But that, oh, I love Wagner. That, but that last, the one in um, that they did last year in Bayreuth was an atrocity. Where they just had they used that Regis Theater idea, where the director can completely, completely rewrite the staging, which he did into a completely different story. So you end up having watching a story that is not about the opera at all. It's like a totally different. I know, and it. Yeah. it oh, I I don't remember the exact details about it, but I remember they did something that was like inadvertently terribly racist it was it, <laughs> and, like and it was anti-semitic um <laughs> i don't remember what was anti-semitic but of course it was it's something Wagner, about the but, dragon yeah i don't remember that but the, it was the, like oh instead of being a dragon you know effectively oh we staged him as a banker instead you know did they i don't know <laughs> but, yeah I remember, it was something specifically like very anti-semitic regarding the dragon oh i don't remember first. that i do remember that they that the Rheingold itself, which is the whole point of the cycle, which is, you know, however many 17 hours of, of this production is focused around is this gold at the bottom of the Rhine. They changed it to a child wearing a yellow t-shirt. I mean, so it became about child abduction. Yeah. The whole, and then uh, it was a swimming pool, and it just looked like shit too. And there's it looked you know, terrible sewage pipes and everything. Oh my, but the best thing, thing is beautiful is, about it all. It's all staged. No, there's some, and grays and extremely dim. There's one thing dingy. beautiful about it, which is I saw the gutter Damrung is the only thing I had a recording of. Maybe they have more now. At the very end, you can watch the the director get booed for ten minutes straight, and it's and he just, he's just looks humiliated, and it's wonderful. That is wonderful. Exactly. And yeah. and to to tie it back to what I was saying at the start about mm -hmm. objective beauty, it's funny because it, it, it's something that's hard to define. Uh -huh. But when you see something that isn't objectively beautiful, everybody knows it. Right. And that's what I was talking about last week. Like, why is it that, you know, it's this, uh, that underwear ad, right? There was an underwear. There were these people, there were the company, I forget, Addicted or some some underwear company that makes you know, underwear for really hot gay guys, you know, jock straps or something. I forget the name of the, and they made this side label called thick, which is for fat guys. And they showed a bunch of reasonably fat guys in the ad. And then all the people were complaining on Twitter that they're not fat enough and not black enough, even though they were both. Exactly. Of course. And, of course. and the, my point was, well, why do we have to make everybody feel like they're beautiful? 
Why can't we say, you know, because we certainly don't do the same thing with intelligence, because if we're doing that, then don't we have to make stupid people feel like they're just as smart as, you know, a Rhodes Scholar? Because it's, why does everybody, where does this equality come from? We're not, human, human beings are not equal. I mean, it would be, I mean, maybe we have equal rights. Sure. I agree with that. That we do have equal but to rights. Say that everybody is made equal is yeah. complete, you know, nonsense. Although the, people in you know Los Angeles would tell you otherwise. It would be so boring if we were all the same. <laughs> but they want you. You know, we're supposed to treat. We're supposed. I'm supposed to. I've had even gay people. Like I, I know people. I was just having a dinner with the other day with a gay guy who slept with a female to male transgender, um, and he fucked her pussy right. And he's like, wow, I was, I'm actually attracted to, you know, pussy, even though it's, you know, I like men, but I liked her vagina. So I think maybe just gay men in general are attracted, you know, that it's not about genitals. It's about the person. It's about, you know, the male gender, but it's not about the pussy that the pussy doesn't matter. I said, well, maybe it's just your personal preference and maybe you like dudes with pussies because I know a lot of guys for years who liked chicks with dicks. Why, what is this, this, this narcissism where what my personal preferences apply to the entire universe is just so oh, ridiculous. It's because it's identity politics. And yeah. I, I, I want to just clarify, I feel like I've uh, come across as very anti-left identity politics. I cannot stand the absolute dog shit that is this conservative identity politics yeah. as well. I just want to make that clear. I'm not just singling out the left. <laughs> I, I'm very much yeah. You do, you are coming across that way in this conversation. I personally know that you're not because you're to the left of me on many things. But I don't. I, well, yeah, of course, I you know, know as, as, especially as with the mask the, shit. Uh, the chat would testify. Yeah. Uh, we don't get along on a lot of things, <laughs> right? <laughs> because personally, I, I come across as even more leftist in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So and I'm humble too. On top of that, very humble. But that's why I don't like using those words like woke because it makes you autom people automatically ca ca categorize you. Oh, yeah. exactly. You say those words and I stop listening. Right, right, and understandably so because it's the weaponized words, and we can do better. We can make it make our own words. I do all the time. I try to have you know ChatGPT help me, but she's not all that useful. I have the Freedom GPT, which runs on my computer, and it's uncensored. I have absolutely no use for ChatGPT because everything I ask, it won't answer because it's too dirty. Like I must have the filthiest mind on earth because there's nothing I want to ask it that it will answer without censoring itself. And I now, granted, you are asking it questions like you know, what does a prolapsed anus look like? Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> What's wrong with that? How is that? The thing is, oh, nothing I, is. I just think it's funny. You know? I had a, a long of course, talk. You know, the mainstream thing will censor that. Well, I had a long talk with her this morning. I'm like, "What's a goatsy?" It described it and said, I, "And it said something. I can't answer that question because you know it's a, because that could be damaging." I'm like, "How is it going to damage me?" And it couldn't answer. What? What? Telling me what a goatsy? Oh, it, it's not making sense. You know, the best part of goatsy, mm. the best part of it, is the wedding ring. That's the uh, best part of the image. The wedding ring? I never even because noticed. Because it gives, he's wearing a nice gold wedding ring. Oh. And it lends such a deep story to the image. <laughs> I never noticed. <laughs> Whose goats is, you know, significant other? Yeah. I guess and it, it creates a whole world and, you know. Never noticed that. That part. would be an interesting thing to stage is, you know, goats his wife. Yeah. Yeah. 
everything I ever want to stage or do is pretty much canceling and will never happen. But that is a good idea that will not get a single person to to watch. <laughs> I feel like Maybe that's what people who listen to the show. It's a, you know not many. I to. I, that's why I always feel like I'm entertaining people of the future because no people just. Are, are too triggered. I don't know. Oh, speaking of people of the future, did you hear about how um, Google is going to be deactivating uh, Google accounts if they're inactive? For two years, yeah. It's like yeah. burning the Library of Alexandria. All of the hundreds of terabytes of content just on YouTube alone created uh, by people. And I don't mean, you know, this bullshit, you know, Mr. Beast, whatever type of thing yeah. that the kids watch. I just mean in general, the information digitized vhs anything it's oh, all just gonna disappear i didn't realize that i was i just thought it was just email i didn't realize it applies to youtube no it's their entire google account everything about it that's very sad well hopefully the internet archive will will pick up the slack on that and archive it that's kind of their job i mean it shouldn't be but that's it's what they be, do i think honestly it's gonna be too much for even the internet archive to be able to grab mm. and we're talking about you know hundreds of terabytes of service of server space yeah. Well, people have to save what they like. They do. I know. It's unfortunate. It's going to be all on the uh, individual. Yeah. And YouTube DL is having issues now. That I'm sure you know YouTube DL. It just grabs videos yeah. from largely any site that uses Java. You know, I've been watching. I, I had a hard time because like, I like Laurel and Hardy. I had a hard time finding. I'm just having a hard time getting their old shows. And I mean, it's it's, it's brilliant and really historically important, you know, material and it's hard to find you know i have found a couple torrents that take days to get because they're so you know they're hard they're hard to find and they have like a collection on plex where you can see the old like they have the catalog of laurel and harney but the first like five seasons come up blank like they just say we don't have the content so they have the directory but not the content and i feel like you know if there's something you want to see you got to grab it and put it on storage and then you well, know, of course. Maybe someday there'll be a place where we can all upload our shit and it'll stay there. Like, but the Internet Archive will. I, uh, yeah. I long term, my stuff goes there. That's you know where it all goes. But anyway, yeah, I was running into that same issue with just Martha Stewart. It's impossible to find anything of hers. Of course, you know the would, rights for the distribution are on her company. Why would you want to find anything of hers? Something online just instantly gets taken down she strikes down the why would you want to find anything of hers she serves peel and eat shrimp at her own parties well the old martha stewart oh before jail i don't understand oh that's exactly. another thing what the fuck is that sports illustrated cover with her saggers out isn't that amazing okay i don't understand so fucking plastic now it's crazy <laughs> i i can you please explain this to me because what why 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 is she on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I don't understand it. It's like to me that's an aggressive act, and I, you know, obviously not straight or male. Why are you antagonizing straight men who want to look at pussy? Why would you do that? You know, that's just just end the swimsuit issue, right? Or just end the whole magazine? But what are you telling men if you if you give them? <laughs> What when when they you say, I don't know. It's kind of like an own, right? Isn't it? What the fuck is that? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, what's next? Are we gonna actually have like you know a chick with a dick on the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? It's like it's it's kind of like like it's the same type of thing, you know. Who's a you know 
Who's it for? Why make it? I think it's a slap in the face. I think it's a very aggressive culture war act. And I think it ups the ante quite quite a bit. It's like it's emasculating. I don't know how how to else to to describe it. I think it's emasculating to men who are just men and you know, I mean it's a it's just nothing wrong with a man wanting to look at an attractive woman. There is it's it's part of how we reproduce. It's part of our uh, evolution in a big way. There's nothing well, wrong with there that. Is Madge. <laughs> I mean and, and I I want them to say there's nothing wrong with my lifestyle and I do why why can't i validate theirs it's when it's perfectly valid why would you just i don't know who who is the editor of that who who's behind that what a awful thing jesus oh and but here's where you know certain people will say how can you criticize that you know you're you're punching up you're punching down you're punching everywhere I'm pu- who am i punching you're not supposed to be i'm punching old i'm old i'm punching women i'm a woman i'm you know what what am i i'm punching rich and i'm poor what what the fuck are you what am i punching I don't uh, know. but um well, who am i punching well they don't like it you know <laughs> <laughs> well i have an opinion and i have the right to talk you don't have to agree with me you don't have to listen to me and most people certainly don't but jesus is that fucked up you know, I saw that and I was like, what the, f-? well, the fr- I saw it cause somebody posted it in our little telegram group and I just thought it was, I thought it was an AI joke. I didn't think anything of it. And then they talked about it on the view and I thought, Jesus Christ, that was real. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. I, the I, thing just, I think it's, it's the most shocking. offensive about it is yeah. how she had her bingo wings taken out. Bat wings. You mean she had her bingo wings removed, you know, with plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Bat wings? Oh, you call them bat wings? I've always heard them as bingo wings. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've always called them bat wings. It might be an East Coast thing. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe in the uh, Yiddish community of the Mahjong wings, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, or bridge. Yeah, it's so weird. You can I, play uh, bridge or Mahjong. You'd, you'd, you'd love it. My mother plays bridge. <laughs> She's really good at it. She wins money every week. Yeah. But Daniel doesn't like our conversation. He said, this is the dumbest conversation. He did? Yeah. He oh, what was that. it that uh, I, I, I wanted guess, to say on this? Yeah. That, um, Taylor, he did a good job with the uh, album art. Even though it was mm-hmm. an oboe at first, it still looked great. It was an oval? Oboe. Oh, oboe. It was, oh, it was an oboe I didn't look. But it oh. still looks great. I think it was good. Yeah, he's been doing a great job. Yeah. This is the dumbest conversation. Mm. Well. Oh, the oboe. I see it with the Santa Claus on. That's cute. Oh, that's a bassoon. The one before it was an oboe. Oh, I can't tell the fucking difference, to be honest. Aren't they both relatives? Oh, how do you tell the... They are both relatives. So it's like a tenor sax versus an alto sax? Is that like a similar thing? or? Relatively, yeah. The the main comparison between the two, or the main similarity between the two of them, is that they have have what's called a double reed where you have two pieces of bamboo that you have to whittle down with a knife to be you know thinner than a strain of hair uh-huh. and they're tied together and that the air going through that makes the vibration for the instrument and both of them so that's, how they're that. similar. that's that's how they're similar yeah and all the other regards are not similar at all yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, maybe they sound relatively similar some might say yeah uh, Daniel but, says, thank God. I, I normally don't go to the chat because it's always so distracting. He said, 
Thank God you were defending heterosexual male erections, you know. Well, I, I, I think I'm making a valid point. I'm sorry if you don't agree with it, but I also don't care. Because I, I just think, you know, this is a culture war, and this is a real, this is a, a, a big, this is a nuclear strike of the culture war, and it's not going to help anything. It's just not. I don't see what the point of it is. I just don't see well, what the, the point of it is. It's the same thing with any kind of um, corporation doing any kind yeah. of uh, politically motivated business practice. Like it's, the whole Bud Light trying to go for the LGBT and then having to backpedal and you know start yeah, showing off you know too. big pickup trucks and horses and cows and stuff to try to win back the conservative yeah, audience. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucked up because I did I did like that campaign because I thought it was so over the top. But they shouldn't have backpedaled. They should have stuck to their guns. You know. I agree. I think they should have stuck to their guns. And and but but so the Martha thing to me it's kind of like. It's just what I was talking about before about the the fat people, everybody being the same. It's like saying, okay, all fat people are just as good looking as skinny people and hot people. Likewise, old people are just as attractive as young people. Well, I hate ageism. I bitch about ageism all the time, and I've been I feel like I've been a victim to it of it. But because you know, you you have to treat people fairly. But part of treating old people fairly is not getting an erection for an old person. No. For having to get an erection for an 81-year-old because you get the same erection for a 20-year-old, that's not equal that's not has nothing to do with ageism. That's biology. So don't try to force my vagina to get wet for some old ass pussy. It's disgusting. And the shrimp, she serves shrimp. Peel and eat shrimp. I know somebody who was whose mother was at a party recently. She served a tower of peel and eat shrimp. Imagine Martha Stewart, this cooking woman, this maven of the cooking, who's from New Jersey. You can't, you know, totally blame her because she's from New Jersey. With serving a plate of cockroaches with their little antennas and feet. How disgusting. And then oh, she shows her. Intact? Oh yeah, she had I, a peel hear peel and eat. I thought for some reason you just meant you know the the end, just the tails were there. No, no, the no, thing was, no. Oh, it had the legs, had the legs, the paws. I'll ask if I can get a license to show the actual picture, although I will never remember to do it. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's. <laughs> and then I was posting a link. Anybody who likes the Martha Stewart cover should go to omagile.com. That's O M A. G-E-I-L, which is this nasty Dutch website for old-ass porn, like real old woman showing their post. I, I want to see Martha Stewart in fucking like penthouse. You. I want to see the bitch in fucking penthouse. I want to see her lips open. And the funny thing, too, when she they were talking about her on The View is Joy was kind of being tongue-in-cheek. She's like, you know, I know Martha Stewart, and, you know, she wears a bathing suit all the time, and I asked her how she pees in her bathing suit because she... She wears a bathing suit all the time, and she pulls. She's like, how do you pee? She said, I pull it to the side. Do you think Martha Stewart wanted Joy Behar to tell the world how she pees? I don't think so. So it was kind of like an Do you really think she pulls it to the side? Well, you think she just pees in the bathing suit? Oh, yeah. Really? She's into water, water sports? I think that she does. Oh, that explains the shrimp. I think it does. does. She's old. I think there's a correlation. I didn't even know that she's 81. She's she's older than my mother. (laughs) I I just 81 years old. She doesn't pull it to the side. She just pisses right there. She pisses. You know, 
Stacy Herbert said that my mother lives in one of those 50 plus communities. And my mother, I was t- chatting with Stacy once. She said, you know, Madge, those women pee in the pool. I said, what are you talking about? They pee in the pool. She said, Madge, tell me when you sit in the pool, you watch, you hang out with them. Tell me how often you see them go to the bathroom, go out, go to the restroom. I said, oh my God, you're right. I don't think I've gotten in the pool since then. They never go to the restroom. They piss in the fucking pool. Oh my gosh, you've you've unearthed in me a Christian memory. What? <laughs> As a child, going to a, a uh, like a water park, uh-huh. and this and this, there was a father and his son in front of us, and the kid just pissed, and they're in line. Yeah, I'm remembering this now. Mm, lovely. <laughs> we used that to. A, you, you've unearthed a memory. Flags even. You've unearthed a memory, and for me, honest to God. The Stonehurst Community Swimming Pool in Freehold, New Jersey. When this is, I was very young. You know, I, I lived there until third grade. The same hometown as Bruce Springsteen. So we used to go to the Stonehurst Swimming Pool, and there was this kid named Clay, and he was one of those formaldehyde babies. What are you? Not formaldehyde. What is that? Thalidomide <laughs> babies, right? And I, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. something of my age, where like people of a certain there was this medication that women took for, I forget why. And it turns out it made your babies have no limbs. So clay had no limbs. And whenever he would go into the pool, everybody would just, it was like, you know, soap on pepper and water. If that, you know, I mean, it just, everybody just flew out of the pool when he would go in there with the kiddie pool, really. Cause he couldn't get in the regular pool. He'd just sink. I don't know. See you unearth that memory in me because of your kid pissing in the pool or whatever that fucking shit was. Oh my God, it's fucked up. Thalidomide. What did they, what was, I forget what. They, who's this one that Daniel's posting? Of some. Oh, another beautiful woman. Latino lady. I mean, at least beautiful. she's, I, she makes, I mean, she's gorgeous compared to Martha Stewart, though. She's some obese woman who was in the Sports Illustrated, too. But I don't know. Just close the magazine. Just finish it. Oh, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I want to see Martha Stewart in Penthouse. I want to see her. I want to see beaver shots now. I just want to see the whole goddamn thing open. I want to see it all out. I want to see what an old pussy looks like. I want to see the veins. Well, I you would see... know what an old pussy looks like. Well, I... I you yeah. know better than anybody else. Yeah, but I want to see it on a fucking magazine. I want to see hers. I want to see all of the, like, you know, removed HPV tumors and everything. I just want all of it. I want to see it. You know, I want I want a beaver shot. I mean, why stop at a swimsuit? You want to be objective. I mean, it's objectification anyway. What the fuck? Like this is like somehow they're reclaiming being objectified. You know, being objectified for your body is bad. So let's have them objectify us when we're old too. I don't. I just don't get it. And the way in the like. They were like cheering her on on in the media was just, just like what? I thought everybody'd be howling with laughter. <laughs> well, of course they would on a view. I can't believe you watch that crap. Oh, I love it! Don't you? <laughs> don't you dare! Don't you dare room! I watch. Look, look! I have to watch certain things to it. It keeps my blood up. It's just like I. I have to those Instagram horrible people. Oh, those, it's like Instagram. Yeah. I had to delete it from my phone. Oh, I, yeah. No. Was at the point with it. 
where I just couldn't stand it. Well, let I me kept ask the you. Account, but I just blew the okay. app. So It'll come back on someday. But I think you're right probably. Now, I can't take it. Then I need to do a personality check for you because you sound like you match a certain personality type. So I have to ask if you like two shows. Do you like Succession? I did. Yes. You do. Oh. Yes. Do you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, well, now with. Am I having an actual like? I'm judging you. moment. Succession is the uh, Apple TV. No. Where they um. No. Okay. I've had a complete all time. Succession moment. is Succession <laughs> is the sh is the HBO show, uh, with the with where it's about the Murdochs. It's a fictionalized version of the Murdochs. Oh no 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 no! I do not. Okay. And do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I no. did at one point, but that yeah. was years ago. So you're a different personality. You don't like to watch things. That, like everybody I've talked to, like there's certain personalities. Like I like to watch awful things. It doesn't sound like you're oh, that type. Man, you don't even know the half of it. You do just because I don't watch that awful stuff. Oh, you, I watch far worse. Like what? Oh, like there's this woman who her YouTube channel is B Loves Life, and she's a mukbanger. Oh, God. And she eats the food, and you hear her chewing. Oh, no, not the one that eats the gigantic lobster hand. Oh, no, no, no. no. She's oh. this lady. It's so awful. This this woman is really an awful oh, no, person. No, no, no. I can't do that. That's because... that's my. I have the malapropism. <laughs> I can't do that. She, I, I won't use the word, but um, she doesn't treat the people of her own race how she would like to be treated. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I she know. She does that for profit. And you watch? Do you watch Nay? Do you know who Nay is? No. Nay is that woman that Reagan is obsessed with. She's an African American woman who, like, fries things in you know aluminum pans, like aluminum. You know those. Oh yeah, disposal. for the flavors. Huh? She gets the flavors on the aluminum pans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's just, she's awful, and she like had oh, cancer. Oh, I can't stand too. Have you ever heard of? He's on YouTube. His name is Mark Weens. No, I don't know that. Oh, he travels all around the world. It's it, that that much of it is amazing. He goes to the most remote places and he has this stuff. Uh -huh. But he thinks it's the most genius thing when uh -huh. all it is are these poor third worlders who live in absolute squalor, and they're using the dullest knife in the world to call it a knife. Is a, is you know, uh -huh. it, it's not even a knife. It's just a metal wedge. Okay. And he thinks it's the, the hottest shit. He thinks that they're like Michelin chefs, that they know everything that they're doing, these poor people. Huh. Oh, you'd love him. But then why don't you, if you like this sort of thing, you like to hate watch, why don't you like, um, why don't you like Instagram? Why, why did you delete it? There's so much, those dancing horrible people who think they're so hot and then they get all this validation because if you say anything negative, they'll block you. So they only... You know, they automatically filter self select for liars. Oh my God. I, how, how can you I not think watch it has that? To do something with the um, brain damage? <laughs> no, I was going to say with their lack of self awareness, mm. those people are. But that's what's beautiful about it. Of course it is. Like there's these, these the people that do the dance, and it's always the same I dance. Can't stand like that they're they're thrusting. <laughs> it's awful. I love it. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. Oh, the ones I like. I like the uh, the four to drink. Those ones are amazing. I like those too. Yeah. 
the toupee, but I didn't even realize that it was a, a hairpiece. I didn't even realize. Yeah, I don't want to be too esoteric. Can we tell people like how to find these? Because people won't oh, know who uh, that is. I can't just you can't Google well, for um, to drink. I forget. It's like Dakota oh. something. I don't have the app anymore. Some I don't asshole. Have the Instagram. Oh, well, it's sorry, Dakota audience. Something or other. And uh, he and his hair-lipped boyfriend, um, they go around down south. Yeah. And uh, they just eat disgusting Rusty. amounts of food. Yeah. And uh, they probably binge it all up. Disgusting amounts and, of disgusting uh, food. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not like they're eating you know, anything good. Yeah. They're going to like Applebee's or like Burger King. Yeah. Much like Giga Tiga, but um Sonic. And it's just disgusting. It is disgusting. And the hair lip. But that's the amazing thing too, is it's like they're uh they're like, you know, Clark Kent and Superman in a way. They have these, you know, beautiful bodies, they've worked out, they've put in the effort, but then they have these faces. Yeah. But you just wish they put it underneath a brown bag. Well, Mia, that's called Butterface. Dakota Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, Dakota Wright. Well, but Mia, our friend Mia, got canceled because she call, kept calling him out on his hairpiece, which, you know, isn't very nice. Not nice at all. It's not very nice, but it's true. Yeah. Well, I know. Do you think that the hair lip is the top or the bottom? The top, I guess. I don't know. He'd have to be a top because... Look, okay, because if he's the bottom, I would assume he has a kind of smaller dick. And if he's the, if he's a hair lip with a small dick, what's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, then why are you with a hair lip? He's got to have a big dick or it wouldn't, you know. It's personality. He, no. What, because, no, with the, the prancing? <laughs> hair, <laughs> I wish I could tell there's this wonderful hair lip joke and I can never remember it. Okay, I'll try. It's like, so there was a man, he's at a dance, and he had a wooden leg. And then there was a woman with a, with a, a hair lip. And, um, the, and, you know, and they were kind of attracted to each other. And um, the man asked uh, the woman with the hair lip to dance. And he said, um, <sighs> Isn't it wooden eye? I can't leg? fucking remember. Did I say it wrong? God, see, I yeah, always... Gotta, can you say the joke? Can you please? Yeah, so... Motherfucker. Um, it's prom. It's prom. And <laughs> he has a wooden eye. <laughs> yeah. And there's this cute young girl, and he wants to dance with her. <laughs> yeah. And he goes up to her at the prom, and he's all shy. He taps her on the shoulder, and she turns around and says, you know would you like to dance with me? And while this poor girl, she has a terrible hair lip, by yeah. the way. She has everything oh, else about her. She's beautiful, but she has a terrible <laughs> hair lip. And she looks at him and she goes, oh, wouldn't I? And he goes, hair lip, hair lip, hair lip. <laughs> well, yeah. That's I think, how I knew the joke. Anyway. Yeah, well, she says, <laughs> she, the, except I remember it as, would you like to dance? And she goes, would I, would I? And he goes, hair lip, hair lip. Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh we, yeah. Well, that that went well. Yeah, great. St- I'm going to enter myself in a storytelling pageant soon. I think you should. You should do a drag queen story hour. I won't. There's um. There's this wonderful. There. I I, I talk shit about entertainment. There's one wonderful. There are some 
gems of entertainment that still happen here in Chicago. One of them, you know, there's this old, old, old jazz club that's still here called the the Green Mill. It's very famous. Al Capone used to have a a permanent booth there, and his booth is still there underneath his, you know, speakeasy, which is no longer open, but it's still there where, you know, they used to move the booze around, and it's a beautiful, beautiful old club, and they have these wonderful jazz performances, and the best thing about it is they have a a no-talking policy. You're not allowed to talk during during the performances, and if you talk, you get kicked out. I know somebody who did, and um, and you just you you have to respect. And anyway, it's wonderful. But on every Saturday, they have this show called Paper Machete. You can Google it, and it's a variety show that is so well curated. It's just wonderful. So they, it's topical. You know, they'll have a band, they'll have an acoustic set in the middle, and they have these you know comedians, and they have a puppeteer who's on every week, and it's. It's just great stuff. So, you know, there is there is good stuff to be found, but they don't publicize that because it's so it's and they don't even charge a cover. I don't even so people don't promote it because they don't want to ruin it because there's standing room only, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but the stuff that gets promoted is people begging to watch this horrible, you know, genderized mess of a space alien shit, you know, and then you have to well, lie the, and say it's good. That's the one takeaway is that yeah. you know, despite. And despite, you know, the mainstream being kind of garbage, there is, you know, still good art being produced. Oh, yeah. Granted, you're not going to see like, you know, a uh, micro staging of, you know, Einstein on the beach, you know, but, um, you know, you'll see smaller productions. Well, independent productions, you know, new composers, smaller works from bigger composers. Yeah. And I wanted to happening, you know, still in every city. I wanted to say this because. And I meant to say it before, but just kind of close it out because I got to go soon. I got to finish that ice cream before my wife comes home. And I got to make a fucking three pounds of salmon too. <sighs> At least I got dill this time. Um, the thing is that I, I think, you know, you've pointed out some of the problems, which I certainly agree with about education, the bad students, the factory of education, the, the educators perhaps giving in, you know, the woke situation, a, a lot of factors. But I think another factor is just the the fact it's it's capitalism i don't know how else to put it but it's capitalism forcing the people to like garbage and i think and i'm specifically talking about pop music so these record labels and whatever the equivalent of it today is the spotify's the apple music or whoever whoever's making money off that garbage music like taylor swift is forcing it down people's throats and they're making people think that this is good music. They're brainwashing people into thinking that garbage is good music. And it is and it is taking away real estate in people's brains that could be used for actual objectively good music. And I think somehow that has to change because it's also supply and demand. It's not just, you know, part, I think part of the reason you're having a problem with these students is because they've been listening to garbage like Lizzo and Taylor Swift instead of like, you know, Bach and Hayden and whoever, Schubert and Chopin and Wagner and everyone else, you know, and all the weird ones too that I'm just learning about. Crazy, all the, I love all the crazy shit that I've never heard of. You know, and just like, all you have to do to know that pop music is garbage is just, you don't even have to listen to it. Just look at the sound wave. Load it into Audacity or any sound editor, and you will see that every pop song looks exactly the same. It's just a solid bar. It's so compressed that there's always the same level of music going into your ear. It is garbage. It is objectively garbage. And if you listen to classical music, you see the the waves, you see you get silence. 
you know, it's, 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 you have instruments you can hear. Pop music is garbage and it's brainwashing people and it's making them have garbage taste. And it's just the cycle of abuse. Thoughts? Well, it's not just pop music. It's every aspect of popular culture. Is it? Yeah. You know, when you're trying to appeal to the most amount of people to make the most amount of money, mm-hmm. that's what ends up happening along the way. Does it have to though? I guess so. I mean, well, is it, it possible? Have to. I mean, yeah. to, to, to compare, it's the same thing as corporations saying, well, because we have raised minimum wage, prices yeah. have to go up. Yeah. Well, there's nothing that's saying it has to be that way. Right. But because these corporations are insistent on it, yeah. that becomes the truth. Well, so the same thing is true mm-hmm. about the arts. If we want to make the most amount of money, we have to appeal to the biased denominator and you know lower the bar. But aren't we sort of forcing? Why can't we? Why can't we lower the bar with better music? <laughs> Maybe that doesn't make sense. But like, like okay, take Yo Yo Ma for example. I don't know how you feel about him, but I think he does a really good job of popularizing classical music. To me, do you agree? I, I agree. So why couldn't we take somebody like Yo-Yo Ma and make them Taylor Swift instead of having to listen? What the fuck is Taylor Swift? Like, they, I, I just want you to explain it because you're a music person. I don't get it. Like, I think it's so bad. And I don't understand what people are listening to. And, and they have all these gay parties. Like, every bar here, gay bar, has a Taylor Swift night. And these queens go crazy for this. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm listening to. I don't even know what she's saying. It's just the same sound that everything else sounds like. Can you, do you understand it? I mean, what's in their brains that makes them think this is good? I should ask Gina. She, she might know, but you know, she, well, people pay hundreds of dollars for these tickets and they, they go to court, they go to Congress because they couldn't get their tickets. Ugh. It's like, we don't want to get healthcare. I mean, We're not going to fight music, that. It's the same thing as yeah. um, just anything with popular music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from a music theory standpoint, it's written in a specific way, but that isn't really what, you know, gets the people into it isn't because mm-hmm. they wrote, you know, the magic chord or anything. Yeah. It's just, you know, what's the most generic appealing type of thing, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, music like Taylor Swift, right? These major pop icons. It's not like they're writing their own music. These things are focus yeah. grouped. Right. Seriously. These are, these, you know, closed door industry only talks of, okay, well, how is this going to sound? What's, What's the length of this one? Is it going to fit on radio space? Or nowadays, it's not even radio space. Is it, how can we optimize this song for the most engagement on TikTok? Oh, I see. You know, and those are conversations that happen. It's crazy. So it's but, a straight up business, basically. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can spend this amount of money on this song to appeal to this number of people and create this much revenue. It's just money. Yeah. It's just, it is, and it's sad. Yeah. I should know. I went to business school. What a garbage experience that was. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Well, All nowadays right. business school is just you know Crayola, crayon, <laughs> crayons, and there's no actually work being done at business school these days. I would know. I went to business school in the eighties. I went to business school <laughs> in the eighties, and it was garbage. I got a great education though because I was so opposed to every bit of garbage they taught me, and I I barely graduated. I had a very low GPA, but. Honestly, I, I, I got a great education because it lear- I learned what they really do teach. Awful. I remember I was in an organizational psych class, a huge lecture, probably 300 people. And and at the beginning, this teacher, who I got called the Q-tip because she was a skinny woman with orange hair. She looked like a dirty Q-tip. 
and she's it was organizational psychology and she said alienation she wrote it on the on the overhead projector alienation is good in business because it promotes bureaucracy i mean this is like a bullet point it was just like everybody just writes it down and i said and i went up to her after class which i'm not the type of person to do that but it was very upsetting and i said how are you why are you teaching such unethical things do you teach ethics she said oh yes we'll teach ethics in this class towards the end on the very didn't say anything about ethics the whole class the whole course except the last day ethics are important to business a bullet point on the overhead that was it <laughs> that was it I, I mean and that's what you know and this is the kelly school of business it's one of the top business schools and it was just they just taught people to be fucking evil and only care for money and they they were made no secret about it. A business, you know, the most important thing in any corporation is profit. Every there is anything about like where they want, where they pretend that they want to be good for humanity or the planet. They will only do something good for humanity or the planet if it if it helps the bottom line, which it usually oh, does. It's just like it's and just like pride. Them. I cannot stand. We're coming up on Pride Month. Yeah. I cannot stand it when you see these people. Getting yeah. on a, a TD Bank or a Capital One or a Sony Pride float, yeah. like they're doing good for you. They oh, don't care yeah. at all. It's just about money. Yeah, that's true. The politicians too. A lot of them. Oh, of course. But that's the really the only takeaway from this entire conversation is that really the only hope that art, you know, literature, film, mm. anything, music, all of it, the only hope is that somehow, usually through smaller scenes, people will start to realize just how bad the mainstream is. Yeah. And there's hope because we have, we have networks of people that can make strange things happen. So it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Well, the other key too, I will mm -hmm. add to it though, mm -hmm. is that they avoid the corporate interest that does, you know, pick up on these scenes. It's very easy to see smaller musicians, smaller artists, all of a sudden start to gain some notoriety and be whisked off their feet up into the uh, good graces of corporate corporatization. True. It's 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 just like what happens so, to politicians. It's just like what happened to Barack Obama, you know, who was started off as a real. I mean, I'm from Chicago. I mean, I shook his hand when he was running for for Senate in in a coffee shop. You know, he was, you know. From the beginning, he was, a, he really seemed like he was going to be, you know, a real progressive guy. And then he turned into a real neoliberal centrist. And because of money, I think, you know, it's the same yeah, thing's happening at AOC. It's just, I don't really have hope for anybody, you know. But anyway, we'll see. Who knows? Anyway, definitely. That really is the know. only hope is to just avoid corporate interest. Okay. We'll anyway. try. We'll try. We'll see what happens, Def. Daphne AIDS. Can I call you Daphne AIDS or should I call you Daphne HIV AIDS? I'm not sure. Either one. Either one. Okay, just Daphne AIDS. And I don't want to be too offensive because it's a lot. So I'm going to play the side four of Lily Pulse now, and I will uh, thank you very much. I'm not. I'm not going to let you stay course, for the Lily Pulse, but you can listen to it on the stream or next week. All right. Oh, definitely. Okay, right. doke, Magel. You have a good night. You too. Bye, honey. Squish sound. Bye. Okay. So now we're going to play this shit. Uh, oh, is that playing? Oh, no. They, they missed the turntable. Hold on. Ah. Oh, oh wait.
Oh, no, I accidentally... It did the thing where it goes back to the start. Now i got to do it again, just a six. Wait, hold on, hold on, audience, sorry. It did it again. I don't know what's happening with this. Now i got to vamp. Okay, vamping. Vamping, vamping. Let's see here. Oh, shit, Cox. Hold on, let's try it again. Uh, okay, so we're going to play Lily Paul's side for it. Vamping. The problem is the microphone... I have to turn my head for the thing. I love how everybody always thinks the grum's over when I start playing music, because 99% of you leave. It's fine. Oh, fuck me. God damn it. I suck at this. Now I'm going to do a filter to get rid of the static. I'll shut up.
Get it together, bitch. Get it together. Noel, get your makeup again. Get your ass to a fucking adult sword and get yourself a fucking vibrator.